Hebrews 13 is where we're going to look here in a minute. But has anybody been feeling a little overwhelmed? Maybe a little anxious? Uh, um, the whole country is experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of turmoil in our minds and in our hearts. Some may feel like uh, a little bit defeated. Well, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is real. The old devil wants to get you down. And the fact of the matter is, people everywhere are looking to you to see how you handle the tragedies and the challenges of life. They're looking to you because they know you go to church. I think preachers all over America have made a really, really big mistake for 30 or 40 years. And I've been guilty of it myself. I think it's a big, big, big mistake that people have been saying it's not about religion, it's about relationship. It's not religion. Religion is bad. I think that's a big mistake. And let me tell you why I have come to that conclusion. If you have a relation, first of all, what is religion? Religion is your lifestyle. It's how you live every day. That's what religion is. Religion is your habit of living, your habits, your living, your life, your conversation, the Bible calls it. Conversation means the way you live. It also says your daily walk, right? That is religion. Now, I'm not putting anybody down for saying that expression. I've said it too. Religion does not get you to heaven. Religion does not save your soul. But if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you should live a different lifestyle than the world. And that is your religion. Now, maybe it's not a popular term right now, but I've also uh, regret that I have de-emphasized church attendance through the years, as so many, I think, have. And when we say going to church does not save you, that is correct. But if you're saved, you'll want to go to church. And that is left out so often. If you have a relationship with the Lord, it should affect your daily living and your lifestyle. That's religion. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you, I want to come to church. I feel like if I miss church, I think, oh, my goodness. I mean, last week we took a trip of a lifetime. We've been saving for years, rat-holing money so that we could take our kids to Disney World. And we did that last week, and I don't regret that. I had a good time. It was a great, great time for us. But I was thinking on Sunday, oh, I wish I was at church, you know, because I want to be in church on Sundays. I want to be in church on Sundays. And I, do, I know I miss once in a while, three or four times a year, uh, I'll miss a Sunday morning. And um, we all have to miss, and I'm not browbeating anybody for missing I'm saying that desire is an indication of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And we, have, we should have been teaching our whole culture that for the last 40 or 50 years. And we would not be in the mess we're in right now. You know, if 80% of Americans attended church on Sunday morning, we would not be in the mess we're in right now. Because people would be 
feeding their minds and souls with the Word and with the Spirit of God. I'm going to teach my children best I can. I can't force them, but I'm going to teach them you need to be on church, in church on Sundays. And I'm going to teach them that because there's certain things in life that really make life better. And, yeah, life is an adventure. Susie and I have been on an adventure the last couple of days. We went to Amarillo, Texas to sign papers for a brand-new gospel station there, and it's 104.7 in Amarillo, and it covers the town really well, and it goes way many, many miles outside of town, so it's pretty flat out there, you know. And uh, so it goes for a long ways, and we were excited about that, and we had a great time. <clears throat> we ate some good food. Never miss out on that. And uh, so then we got to our hotel, and all of a sudden there was this guy run up to our car. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. Please call the police. About scared us to death. And uh, so I finally got through that, got to the room. Next thing you know, he's banging on the window. Please call the police. Call the police. So we called the police. And uh, so that was an eventful night that we didn't sleep a lot, if you know what I'm saying. And then the next day, driving home, Susie's car breaks down on I-40. So that was fun. AJ and Lacey came to our rescue late last night, and the car's still up there on I-40. I'll have to go get it today. And there is a point to this. <laughs> we never know what we're going to face five minutes from now. You got to be ready. You need to be living for Jesus. It needs to be your number one thing in life. And the way you react to things and other people, like Mike with his story about buying the extra chicken and ended up leading the man to the Lord. and You know, this is the way God works through us. Are you a servant of Jesus Christ? Then his will be done in your life. Do you believe that you have the power to pray and he will hear you? then pray for our nation right now that we can focus back on God again and that the church can win people like never before to the Lord. That's the remedy. That's the remedy is to win people to Jesus like never before. Uh, there was a lot of people, and I am going to comment on our situation in Washington this week. People should not storm our Capitol building. That is a very, very, very bad thing to do. And whoever they were should be arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I feel awful that these people died. I think a lot of people got caught up in emotional frenzy, which is kind of easy to do sometimes when you have 100,000 plus people in one place. Right? Even they might have been, some of them even be Baptist. You know, probably all of them were Baptist. My luck. Growing up in my hometown, we only had the Baptist church and the Methodist church. So all the bad stuff, we blamed on the Methodists. 
and all the, they blamed on the Baptists. No, we were just kidding each other and joking. But my point is this. we got to get back focused on Jesus. And our, what the turmoil that happened in our capital does not stop us from sharing Jesus Christ with the people right here in our hometown. That needs to be our top priority, is sharing Christ. In Mexico, in Pontotoc County, in Eureka Springs, where we reach tens of thousands a year, in all these different countries that Mike, in Amarillo, Texas, we want to see one million souls saved, and we're getting pretty close. You know, if, what if we had 10 million souls saved through all of this? Would it change America? I think it would. We've got to focus on that. People, you know, these senators and congressmen, they get up in the morning, they go to the bathroom, hopefully they brush their teeth, they put on their pants one leg at a time, I think, and they get to work, and they have to eat, and they have to breathe. They're human beings, and they are no better than you. And they need Jesus just as much as I do. So we've got to keep this in mind, that our government is a government of the free people who live here. And we as Christians have an advantage. We can pray to the one who can change the universe. And that's Jesus Christ. I choose the Lord. I choose the Lord. There is no coincidence that all this chaos and turmoil has happened the very same week where the first time in American history our government was opened by a prayer to multiple gods. For the first time in history, our government in Washington, D.C. was opened, the session was opened by a man who claims to be a preacher. And he prayed to Brahma. He prayed to all the Hindu gods. He prayed to all the deities, no matter what name they are called by, he said. And I want you to know that opened the door for Satan to walk in that house stronger than he has ever walked in. It is no surprise that demonic activity is flooding in right now. But we are stronger in Jesus' name. The God that is in you can defeat them all in Jesus' name. And you might be the one that calls on the Lord and He hears your prayers and sends angels to fight them out of our country. I'm praying that God sends legions, legions and legions of angels to the United States to hear our prayer and to fight these demons I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about demons who are controlling people. Do you believe it? That's what's happening. And it's up to the church to fight that battle. 
The lost people are never going to fight that battle. They don't know anything about it. They need to be saved. That's our job there. It's not about rebuking the bad people. It's about leading them to the Lord. And yeah, in the law, they're going to have to suffer consequences of crime, sure. But spiritually, we need to lead them to the Lord. That's why our prison ministry has seen 44 people saved this year. Let me tell you, our job is to pray with people and to lead them to Jesus and to pray down the angels of heaven to fight the demons out of our country. And I mean pray it, say it out loud. In Jesus' name, we pray that the legions of angels needed to eradicate the demons out of the USA, that you will send them, even though we don't deserve it. God, we need it more than we've ever needed it before in the USA. Would you please hear our cries? In Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. The Old Testament, the sacrifice was bulls and sheep and goats. Blood sacrifice. Human beings throughout history, all the way back to Adam and Eve, made blood sacrifice. They poured the blood out on a burning altar. They cooked the meat. They eat it. All right? All through the Old Testament, they... Kill the animal. They pour the blood out on a burning altar. They cook the meat. They eat it. They pray to God and thank Him for giving them the food and forgiveness of sin. See, this is where our tradition comes from of praying over our meals. All the way back, Les talked about it this morning in Sunday school when he read that scripture that says, if you receive anything to eat, for nourishment of your body. And thank God for it. It is a blessing. Now that's a paraphrase. But he's saying all things have been made clean. By the blood of Jesus Christ. You see it's about the sacrifice that we make in our life for Jesus. But we don't make blood sacrifice anymore. Jesus made the one and all and final blood sacrifice. That the human race will ever need again. And so the blood of Jesus poured out on the altar of our prayers, you see. You think about it. When you pray to the Lord, it's like, the, it's like a burning altar going up before God and Jesus' blood is being poured out on that altar. See, you think about that while you're praying. It matters because that's what it's all about. The blood of Jesus saves our souls, cleanses us of sin, and delivers our prayer to God. In Hebrews, he says the sacrifice we make now is what we talk about and how we live and what we do in our life. That's the sacrifice we make now. It's not a blood sacrifice. We don't kill an animal anymore. Jesus did that part, and it'll last forever. So how do we sacrifice to the Lord now? In chapter 13, verse 15, he said, By him, Jesus, therefore let us offer our sacrifice of what? Praise. When I'm talking to someone and I say, The Lord did this for me, that's praise. When I talk to somebody and I say, The Lord healed me, 
that's praise. When I say I was having a financial problem and God showed me the way to fix it, He fixed the problem for me, that's praise. We give Him the praise. When we have a new baby born, we thank God for it. When we have somebody that's healed of a sickness, we praise God for it. We don't just say, oh, I'm lucky or oh, wow, good fortune. We praise Jesus for everything good that happens in our lives. That is our sacrifice. How could that be a sacrifice? Well, I'll tell you how. If we take credit for it, if we say, oh, this happened because I'm so smart, or this happened because I'm so rich, or this happened because I did I, 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 I. You see, we sacrifice our pride for praise. That's what brings more victory into your life. Sacrifice Pride for praise. You know, I am a sinner saved by grace. Who else? But on the other hand, I am no longer labeled or identified as a sinner. I'm now a victor. Amen? So one is a reference to my past. And one is a reference to my future. Now, that doesn't mean I won't commit, ever commit a sin again, uh, that I won't ever do anything wrong again. I think we do things wrong. We think things wrong. We say things wrong. We, we do things wrong. I mean, we just do, right? Nobody is perfect, but we don't use that as a cop-out. Our past is I was a sinner saved by grace, and now I'm a victor in Jesus' name. And that... Blood of Jesus is poured out on the altar, a fire of God burning a sweet savor to his nostrils. The Bible says he smells our praises and our prayers. I don't fully understand that, do you? I don't fully understand that. That's a mystery to me. How can a billion people be praying and the Lord hear them all? How is that possible? Well, it is possible. How many know our God is big enough to do that? His mind is complex enough to comprehend that. And he says, you have a key, and it's on your lips. And that's praising God to other people out loud for the things that happen in your life. And it's hard sometimes to talk about God at work or talk about God around students at school or whatever, but you know, you don't have to get into a lot of big deep discussions unless they want to, but you can say, I just thank God that my loved one was healed. I just thank God that they got out of the hospital. I just thank God that, that I've got this job, or I just thank God that I was able to work, you know, that I'm not debilitated where I can't work or whatever the whatever you have to praise him for just praise him amen praise him thank him this is the sacrifice we sacrifice our pride for praise and I'm going to give you these five things try to remember these five things this is how you win in this world of chaos starts with your testimony the bible said says in revelation that in the tribulation time, when it's really, really hard on Christians, they're going to be killing Christians. You know what they're going to do? 
They're going to try to take all of our guns. They're going to cut our communication off. They're going to take our land. And the Bible says we will overcome them by two things. The blood of Jesus and what else? The word of our testimony. So here's what you can sacrifice that praises the Lord. Your testimony. What you say to other people. You know, I'm not perfect. God gave me this job and I'm trying to do it. But I'm not perfect. But the way we talk matters a lot. Our testimony matters a lot. It has an eternal impact on other people. So that's one. Number one, our testimony. Number two, our time. Are you serving the Lord with your time? That's an answer only you can answer. Question only you can answer. Think about it. Are you serving the Lord with your time? What about your talents? God's given you skills. Certain things that he's given you that you can do. Are you using those talents to build the kingdom of God to lead people to Christ? Think about that. Pray about that. What about your thoughts? Are you bringing your thoughts into submission? That's the hard one for me. How about you? Will anybody say me too? That's my problem is my thoughts. I have sometimes I really am glad I didn't act on that particular thought. Amen. The Lord says bring your thoughts under submission. How do you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm a little partial, but I'm going to tell you right out. You really ought to think about listening to the gospel station. I'm serious. I know that may sound funny. You really ought to think about changing what you're listening to and listening to the gospel station and some good Bible preaching and teaching. It matters. What you put in matters. It really does. Over time, it sneaks in. And I'm the world's worst. I will, I'll think sometimes I'm not spending enough time getting my thoughts under control. Another thing is positive, victorious thoughts. Positive, you know what I'm saying? Positive. You are not defeated. You do not have to stay in that depression. It's hard. It's not easy. But you can break out of it. Get out and get in the sunshine. You know what? Even if it's 35 degrees, if the sun's shining, it feels awfully good on your skin. Amen? Get out and get in the sunshine. You need some vitamin D3 anyway. You know, studies are showing that most people that get COVID are severely low on their vitamin D3 and zinc. Big, big percentages. Think about it, guys. It matters. What you put in matters. And what you put in your brain matters. Thoughts, boy, that is the one that's so hard to do. If you don't watch out, you'll drift off and start thinking about something that 
if you let it, if you let it get to you, it will cause damage to you and the people around you. How do you overcome that? Open that Bible. Start reading it. Listen to the gospel station. Listen to the Bible on audio. I see Susie all the time turning her phone on and listening to the Bible audio. And that's probably because I'm about to drive her crazy and she's about to kill me. But I'm glad she doesn't kill me. I'm glad she listens to the Bible. I did not get one amen on that. <laughs> You're te- <laughs> Yeah, a little pity amen over there. Thank you, Susie. Your treasure is the last one. Your treasure. You know, back when you only made minimum wage or you only made worked 20 hours, you barely could pay your bills. Remember that? I do. I remember that. And you couldn't waste any money because you didn't have any to waste. Now, I might be middling a little bit here. I can't fix your problems. I can barely fix mine. But here's what has worked for me. Back when I really couldn't afford it, I was really careful with my money. Do you all relate? But maybe now that we can afford a little more, maybe we're not being as careful with our money. And it shouldn't be that way. We should be just as careful now as we were then because that's what got us to where we are now financially and it was all the Lord it wasn't us it's not pride it's praise amen it's not pride it's praise have you wondered why maybe you're not having as many opportunities as you had before I've been through that in my life kind of a dry spell <laughs> long dry spell can I get an amen well, maybe it's because we're not being as careful with what God has given us. And so he's kind of letting us go through a dry spell. That happens. You know who it never happens to? You know who this never happens to? The lost people out there that don't have any responsibility with their lifestyle and their relationship. Yeah, they may have hard financial times too. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the principle of God allowing us to go through a drive spell never happens with people who are not God's children. We have responsibility. We have a father that wants us to live a life that reflects what he has done for us. Amen? We have a father that wants us to live a life that reflects what he has done for us. Not pride, but praise. Five things. Testimony, time, Talent, thoughts, and treasure. Testimony, time, talent, thoughts, and treasure. That's how you get through 2021, which is shaping up to make 2020 look like a picnic. How many know the Lord's children are on the winning team? And he has a place. That he is making for us in his kingdom. Would you bow your heads?